Welcome to the world of Aeora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the world of Aeora. I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. Thanks everyone for joining me as we dive into another episode looking at the history, game mechanics, and lore from Pillars of Eternity as we gear up for the release of Avowed, which share the fa- same fantasy setting known as Aeora. Today is going to be a short episode, and I'm going to level with you guys 100%, and I think you'll be with me on this, you'll understand where I'm coming from, but I'm just going to be straight up honest with you, I don't have a full episode this week simply because I've been playing Baldur's Gate 3. As soon as it came out, I started playing it, and every night I've been playing it, and I always say, okay, I'll get an episode done tomorrow, I'll get an episode done tomorrow, and now the weekend is here, an episode needs to be out tomorrow, and I'm realizing I have plans today, so that's 100% on me. I apologize for my lack of professionalism, though I'm sure many of you can understand. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing another one of the Stronghold Adventures, uh, kind of like the Court of Spirits episode I did, except I'm going to try to gear the episode more towards setting up the adventure for tabletop role-playing, uh, as I'm going to talk about the lore. I'm going to give you guys any of the lore that's necessary, so that way any DMs out there, if you're wanting to, like, say, run this adventure in a different setting, or if you're playing, uh, say, a Dungeons & Dragons game in the world of Aeora, I'll give you just the relative lore that you need here, and for those who are just interested in the lore in general, uh, that's what we're going to go through. Uh, Before we dive into that, however, there is a little bit of news. Nothing major, but we got a little bit of news, and this actually comes straight from Obsidian Entertainment themselves. Uh, They recently released a cosplay guide for the character of Kai, who is the Amauan person that we see in the Avowed gameplay trailer that was seen back in June of this year. In the cosplay guide, we get to see an entire breakdown of Kai's look. We see the kind of clothing and armor he wears, the weapons he has, the skin tones that he has, the color of his eyes, um, a couple of accessories, just everything you'd need to do a well-done and thorough but accessible cosplay for Kai. Uh, We do learn a little bit about Kai in the meantime, nothing that we either didn't know already or are surprised to hear, but it's still just, it's good to, to see this. So if you're on Obsidian Entertainment's website, you can find this official Avowed Kai cosplay guide. And what we learn at the very beginning, just starting at the top of the webpage, it says when you first enter the Living Lands, which is the setting for Avowed, you'll be introduced to Kai, a coastal Amala currently residing in this plagued and wild island found in Aeora. So like right off the bat from, from that, we learn some things. Um, when we first enter the Living Lands. So right away, like very shortly after arriving at the setting that Avowed's taking place in, we'll be introduced to Kai. Uh, we don't know how, we don't know under what circumstances, if it's prearranged that we're meeting them and they're like kind of our island guide, or if we like intercede on something that he's like, he's caught in some sort of altercation and we help get him out of it. We, we don't really know. Uh, it talks a little bit here. It says the plagued and wild island which is referring to the living land itself. So they're calling it an island, not a continent, which is kind of consistent, I suppose. Uh, living lands, I think, is made to be like its own big area, kind of like Deadfire Archipelago, but I, technically it's not its own continent. Uh, we did know it was plagued. Kai is a former soldier. His idealistic and pragmatic temperament is perfect for your first companion as he will help guide you as you venture out into this wild frontier. Uh, I love all the information we're getting out there as you read between the lines. So former soldier and is a coastal Amawa, it very likely means that he used to be 
someone who worked in the Rawatai Naval Force because Rawatai is mostly comprised of coastal Lamauans and they had a very world-renowned naval force. And so it sounds like Kai used to be a soldier in that navy. We also get these um, characteristics of his personality. He's idealistic and pragmatic. That's his temperament anyways. Uh, so if you were wanting to do, say, a Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire gameplay run, uh, those would be some ways to roleplay the character. Scrolling down a little bit, we get introduced to Kai more. Uh, it, is, it talks a little bit more about him in detail. Kai is a coastal Lamaua. We already learned that. From the nation of Rawatai, so that was consistent with what I suspected. And given his military experience and exploits in the living lands, he retains a groomed aesthetic as well as in maintaining his physical fitness. And that's just important for the cosplay guide. I don't think that that's necessarily something important for the game. He prefers not to overburden himself with heavy armor and instead relies on skill and speed over bulky defenses like many Rawatai naval fighters. Uh, this makes me wonder if if you were to play a character like Kai in Pillars of Eternity, if he would be either a fighter or if he would be a bard. Not a bard, sorry, a barbarian. I don't know why I said bard. Because I, I, he doesn't really like having heavy armor, so maybe he doesn't prefer to have any. But the armor he is wearing, or at least the articles of clothing he's wearing, could be interpreted as light armor. So maybe he is a fighter of some sort or a rogue. Who knows? Uh, as a companion, he's laid back and experienced... He's the most stable and straightforward, and he'd he'd be the one that apparently you'd vote most likely to have a beer with. So that's who we can get forward to when we get to meet Kai in the game of Avowed. But yeah, so that's everything newsworthy that I thought I'd bring up to you today. So if you are a cosplayer out there, um, go on to the Avowed website on Obsidian's main website, and you can actually you can access this just on their webpage, or you can download a PDF so that you can kind of blow up the image and look at it in a little more detail. And if any of you there are cosplayers or know people who are cosplayers, like hand this off to them because like I really want to see people take this to the next level. So if anyone out there is listening, get the word out to people who might be into this kind of thing because I think it would be cool to see some Pills of Eternity slash Avowed cosplay going on. I love this stuff. So there you go. That being said, let's dive into the lore today. We're going to be talking about the off-screen companion adventure from Pillars of Eternity 1 called A Forgotten Hollow. I'm curious, what exactly did you find there? So just as a reminder, uh, a off-screen companion adventure from the first Pillars game, it's, um, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a companion adventure. So it's an adventure that not you, the player character, goes on, but it's an adventure that you send one of your companions on, and it happens off-screen, so you don't hear about it. The reason that you would do this in the game of Pillars of Eternity is because at some point in the game's narrative, you become the owner and proprietor of a stronghold known as Cadnua. And being the owner and proprietor of this stronghold, you are in charge of making decisions for it. And sometimes people will come to you with a plea for help. Sometimes people will come to you because you're, you know, you're kind of like a big figurehead in this local area asking for favors or to serve the people that you are protecting or keeping in your area. And as a result, you have to decide how you're going to handle it. And what you can often do is you can send one of your companions that you're not bringing with you through the story of the Pillars game. You can just send one of those companions to do the thing for you. You can never go do it yourself. It's purposely things for your companion to do. And as a result, in terms of gameplay stuff, you usually will get a certain amount of money back for it as a reward, and you'll usually get a unique item as well. So in this off-screen companion adventure, it's called A Forgotten Hollow. And I'm going to pitch this whole thing to you 
uh, from one, the perspective of a player, like what the hook and what's going on. And then I'm going to move into what a dungeon master might want to do or a, or a GM, a game master might want to do if you're playing like Pathfinder or something uh, for what's going on in the background, how it sh- might be resolved, at least as far as it's written here. I am, of course, going to dive into the lore of everything that's involved here. So not only that you, the player or the GM know the lore of what's going on, but also because you're listening to a lore podcast on Bills of Eternity. Like, of course, you know, we're going to talk about this stuff. So here we go. A Forgotten Hollow. Here's the pitch. 20 years ago, a woodsman in Logholm, which is the name of a location, capital L, Logholm, had a gift bearer of Andra bury the painful memories of his dead wife somewhere in the dense forest known as Blackfear. Now, I'll talk about what a gift bearer of Andra is in a second. Since his recent death, his daughter has been searching for information about her mother. Her father left no clues, and the gift bearer has only been seen twice by locals in the last decade. So that's the pitch for the adventure. Uh, there was this woodsman in the town of Logholm. He had a wife, but then she died, and he was um, grieving for her, and he had painful memories. So he had a person who was called a gift bearer of Andra take these mementos that he has and has her bury them in a place that he doesn't know about, apparently in a dense forest known as Blackmere, or Blackweir, sorry. And now he's gone, but his daughter wants to know more about her mom, who passed away when she was presumably a child. And so she's trying to track down this gift bearer who had these mementos that her father got rid of. And you're basically sending a companion to track down the gift bearer or these items to return to her daughter. I mean, I guess that's kind of the ultimate end. You want to find these items and bring it back to the daughter. So that's the pitch for this adventure. Now, the... In terms of lore, we have a place called Logholm, and we have a forest known as Blackweir. We don't go to either of these locations in Pillars of Eternity, the, the game, so they're not one that you can refer to a, a map. You're going to have to kind of create your own village, uh, but there's plenty of resources online um, or even other games that you can kind of copy from to make a village or make a forested area. Uh, but to give you a little help, GMs out there, Logholm is east from Cadnua, the stronghold. So, uh, just looking at a map on the internet, where you can just you can Google search "map of Deerwood Pillars of Eternity" and you'll find something. Cadnua uh, is one of the locations that you'll be familiar with from Pillars of Eternity. And if you're heading east, you do have to go across a river. You get to a small village known as Logholm. I don't know where Blackweir is. I can't find it on the map. Maybe I'm just missing it. Uh, but it's probably a wooded area close to there. Now, promising to get to the more interesting part of the lore here, which has to do with gift bearers of Andra. If you're not familiar with what that is, I'll tell you now. Now, Andra is one of the gods that exist within this world. So just like in other fantasy settings, there are deities, there are pantheons of gods that are in control or oversee different aspects of reality. Andra is the goddess of all seas and oceans. She's also goddess of the moon, uh, forgotten things, loss, mourning, as in like grieving kind of mourning, uh, the tide, and relentlessness. She's also referred to as the Lady of Lament, the Salty Wench, the Sea Vault, or Ngati, if you were a part of the Huana culture. I'm not going to dive into a full lore dump on who Andra is. I already do an episode on that, so feel free to go check that out if you're interested in the Goddess of the Sea. Uh, But she mainly has to do with the ocean, obviously, and the sea, which is why she's called the Salty Wench. But she's also very tied to forgetfulness and grieving. Um, And so when you are trying to heal from 
painful memories and grieving over lost ones and forget things, then Andra is one of the gods that you would pray to. Now, if you are someone who follows Andra as a religious person or you are living a life of faith dedicated to Andra, you might be what's called a gift bearer. What a gift bearer is, and I'm going to read this directly off of the Pills of Eternity fandom website, they are a group of people which collects trinkets, love notes, and other objects from people that live far from the sea in exchange for a f- small fee. These objects are then cast into the ocean or dropped in a particularly deep spot during the special ceremony, and there have been some cases of gift bearers y- abusing their responsibility, which has led them to be mistrusted or even attacked in some areas. So a gift bearer is essentially somebody that will, on your behalf, they will take a memento of a person's memory and they will get rid of it for you. Uh, And there's a couple reasons for this. One, if you are a faithful follower of Andra, then part of living out that faith in your life is when you are going through a grieving process, you have to ritualistically let go of that pain and that memory by taking objects that are attached to that memory and casting it into the ocean. And that's just part of being an Andrite. So, you know, someone dies in your life, you take a treasured uh, memento or object that was important to them, instead of you keeping it and holding on to it, you need to let go of the person by letting go of this object and by casting it into the ocean where Andra supposedly would dwell. That's the that's the idea behind that. Uh, but the reason the gift bearers exist is because not everyone lives near the ocean and not everyone has the means by which to travel to the ocean or have access to like a very deep lake or anything like that. Right? So a gift bearer is someone who on the behalf of a faithful of Andra will take these objects, bring it to the ocean and cast them in there for you. Now, there have been instances where we see like in this one, a forgotten hollow, they aren't bringing them to the ocean. Uh, This gift bearer brings this item in particular and buries it somewhere in a dense forest known as Blackweir. There's no specific reason given as to why things like this occur, why the uh, gift bearer doesn't just go straight to the ocean. I think there are certain circumstances where perhaps casting into the ocean is not necessary. The point is that you're just getting away from the person, or perhaps this woodsman is not a Andrite faithful person, And so that isn't that important to them, that this stuff get thrown to the ocean, they just want it gone. But the gift bearer is still doing their faithful due diligence by helping get rid of it. And burying it in the woods is probably convenient, allows them to come back and do more. So whatever reasons you as the DM think is good for that. Uh, But yeah, that's what a gift bearer of Andra does. They live out Andra's will by taking people's stuff and getting rid of it for you so that it's not a painful memory that you're just holding on to for your whole life. Uh, they Then they do charge a fee for it. It's a weird thing to charge a fee for, but hey, there you go. That's what's going on. Now, it's at this point that I'm going to jump into one of the potential conclusions for this adventure. So if you are someone who wants to maybe play this tabletop role-playing game, but you don't want to be a GM, you just want to be a player, maybe consider jumping off now. Uh, but otherwise... I'll read to you what Obsidian's canon ending to this adventure is. By tracking down the gift bearer, Companion, which is whoever you send out to do this mission, was able to deduce the resting place of the girl's mother's belongings, an ancient dead oak. Unfortunately, the great tree had been become a host of a large colony of wood beetles. With some careful scouting and more than a little fighting, the companion retrieved the belongings and returned them to the girl. However, she realized that a curious wooden ring among the items had not belonged to her mother. She gave it to the companion in thanks. 
So that's the conclusion to A Forgotten Hollow, the off-screen companion adventure in Pillars of Eternity. So if you were running this as a tabletop role-playing game, uh, you, as the DM or the GM, you would have to find a way for the players to track down the gift-bearer, uh, who apparently frequents this area around Log Home, but, uh, or not frequents, but is, they, they have to have a way to track down the gift-bearer. So you got to do that part. Um, use whatever information they gather from there to be able to deduce, deduce where the resting place of this girl's mother's stuff is buried, which is under an ancient dead oak tree. Uh, surrounded by the oak tree is a colony of wood beetles, so you'll need to look up a uh, bestiary entry for wood beetles and prepare the battlefield, I suppose. So it, it's not a ton of stuff. You just need a gift bearer, how they would find them, have them find the oak tree, create a battle map for just a fighting a bunch of beetles around a big old oak tree, and then they get the reward as a result. Now, of course, since you would might be doing this in a tabletop role-playing game, obviously it doesn't have to go this way. You can change things the way you want. Maybe your players will just steal everything. Um, so you can decide what the loot would be from there, what the mementos would be. Uh, however, the ring that this girl gives the companion in thanks is called Weirwood Ring. Uh, it's a unique ring that is tied to this quest, and there's no specific lore about it. Like, if you go and you read the lore, it just says that it was given to you from this girl uh, because somebody found the contents of uh, her lost mother, blah, 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 the whole story I just gave you. Um, the only thing that's special about it would be its powers. Um, so it has damage resistance against corrosion and freezing, and it has the liberating quality, which means you're immune to the stuck status. Uh, and it looks like a ring made of wood. So there you have it. That is the companion adventure, and that's the conclusion for it. And make sure you guys run that however you want, or just enjoy the lore that we got from it, learning about the gift bearers of Andra and Log Home and all that. Uh, that being said, uh, this is everything for today's episode, so I'm going to close it out pretty soon. Uh, I don't have anything to say about Avowed about this, because it has nothing to do with Avowed, other than the fact that we might run into gift bearers of Andra and Avowed. It's pretty possible. I mean, Living Lands is right on it's an island right so it's surrounded by the ocean so there's no reason why you couldn't find a gift bearer of andra who you know maybe they thought to themselves like i bet you there's no gift bearers in the living lands perhaps i should move there and do my due diligence as a faithful to the goddess uh, it's very possible so we could run into gift bearers maybe you'll be able to role play as one who knows i highly doubt it actually your your background's kind of chosen for you doesn't seem like you're uh, an an andrite in this world but who knows we'll see is an oath worth the weight of a crown? If anyone's been playing Baldur's Gate 3, send me a message. Let me know what character you made. Uh, I've been playing since the first day. I did get that save glitch where the game just can't save because it's constantly sinking. Uh, so I lost an hour of progress, I, but I know people who lost like five hours on their first playthrough. So that's tragic, but you know, whatever. So thankfully, I only lost an hour. I did have to like redo my character and all that kind of stuff, but whatever. I was able to bust through that in half an hour now that I knew what I was doing. I've decided to, for this game, play a character rather than just do my typical thing. I don't know what you guys do. I, I, normally when I play RPGs, I just make my character. I call them Gingerino, and they always play the same, where I'm always trying to do generally good things normally kind of like playing the hero. I try not to make anybody upset. I try to keep as many people in my favor as possible. And 
maximize the amount of options I have and see as many as parts of the quest as I can. Like I try not to close off quest lines and all that kind of stuff. This time I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 with a specific character in mind. So I've created a wood elf monk who was formerly a guild artisan and is now a monk, obviously. And I do have a little bit of Pillars of Eternity inspiration for it. Her name is Broken Branch because I've always loved the names... Uh, you know, like Three Tusk Stalgar or Twice Split Arrows or things like that. I just, I like when you name people after objective concrete things. I don't know why. I just thought that was always really like fantasy-esque or special. So I named them Broken Branch, which has got a Pills of Eternity reference to it. If you know what it is, wink, wink. Uh, you might not. I don't know. I am role-playing this character as someone who thinks that they're smart, but they actually have an intelligence of eight. Uh, and how I role-play that is every time I have an intelligence check, I take it even though I'm probably going to fail the intelligence check. And whatever happens as a result, I just pretend that that's real. Thanks, everybody, for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, criticisms, concerns, or you just want to reach out and ask a question, whether related to the games, the lore, or what have you, uh, feel free to reach out to me, worldofera at gmail.com, or my Twitter page, at worldofera. I love having conversations about this stuff, and I'm really into it.